welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora. And I'm Marie Wallace. And we are your hosts today. So, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Braveheart Conversations. I am Jillian Aurora, and this is my beautiful co-host, Marie Wallace. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. All right, so let's jump right in. Today's topic I'm really excited to share about. This is um, perhaps a little controversial topic, which, you know, we're not really a stranger to. Um, (laughs) Not at all. It is Braveheart conversations after all. So in true fashion, uh, here we go. So we're talking about commitments today. And if you'll remember, um, this month is all about building healthy relationships. We often talk about ending relationships. Um, We talk about a lot of really hard things, but we really wanted to take this month to acknowledge growth because it's summer, everything is green and growing and thriving and healthy. And so um, we really wanted to talk about positive, healthy relationship skills. So, Um, This whole month, you know, we've talked about discernment. Last week, uh, we talked about building trust. And then this week, we're talking about healthy commitments. And this may be a little bit different than what some of you may um, have perceived in the past, right? Because we have a lot of programming around commitments. So we're going to work to do a little bit of deprogramming and maybe give you a few um, alternative uh, suggestions or uh, possibilities when we think of commitments. So it uh, looks like we've got a few people here. Good morning, Abby. I love you. Mary Jane, good morning. Pauline, so glad to have you here. Um, all right, so when we talk about healthy commitments, um, well, first of all, let's back up and say, you know, when I say commitments, what often comes up for people um, is a lot of loyalty programming. Right. So uh, when we talk about, say, marriage vows, we think of um, till death do us part. We think of in sickness and in health. Right. Uh, Marie, what are some of the issues? Our our um, reverend here that she marries a lot of people. (laughs) So what are some of the. I don't put those in the vows. (laughs) But the old ones are um, obey, honor and obey. Let's see what else. Those are the main ones, but yeah. Yeah, and I know for myself and a lot of other women that I've worked with, that's been a really major challenge to overcome when we've experienced um, verbal abuse or like in my case, I I was in a marriage with an alcoholic. And um, and so I was very burdened with the, that idea that in sickness and in health, right? Well, he's sick. Um, he has a disease of alcoholism. How could I, how could I possibly leave him? Um, and that seems to be a really big, um, you know, if not the biggest barrier to leaving a really toxic or dishonoring, uh, relationship. So I want to talk about, um, some of the things that happened for me when I, did eventually leave my marriage and and some of the things that came up some of the wisdom and the awareness that came up as a result of that and really seeing how um, the commitments that i had made were actually really not very honoring and not very loving 
to him or to myself. So um, let's start with um, in sickness and in health. Let's just tackle that one. So if I make the promise that I will stay with you uh, no matter what, um, no matter how you treat me, no matter um, what situation you find yourself in, no matter what your behaviors are, um, we often are labeling that unconditional love. This was a big, big key um, principle for me because I, I realized what I was doing was lumping unconditional love in the same category as loyalty. And I don't believe they're the same thing at all. I can love someone and I can still remove my presence. I can love someone and I can still end a relationship. Um, I can love someone and change a relationship. I can say, you know, maybe marriage is not a good fit for us. Maybe a different type of relationship is a better, more lover, loving, honoring fit. Um, and I'm certainly not saying that if someone gets sick, you must leave them. No, of course not. I'm saying it's choice, right? When we, when we remove choice and when I say, I will unconditionally stay with you no matter how miserable I am or you are or we become, that actually is a very unloving thing to do. It's saying I will force myself to stay in a situation that doesn't resonate for me. I will force you to stay in a relationship that doesn't feel empowering or nourishing or honoring. And that's the opposite of love. Love chooses the best health of each person, right? So I had to really rewire a lot of my thoughts around unconditional love and loyalty and what a commitment really looked like that was honoring. And so, you know, I will no longer make a commitment to someone that regardless of what their uh, their health or their situation or their behavior is that I will stay with them. I, I'm much more willing to make a commitment that says um, I will honor your uh, self-love or your desire or your choice to love yourself. And even if that means I'm not with you, even if that means what's most loving for you is for me to be out of the picture, I would want that more than my selfish desire for us to be together no matter what. So um, I've done a lot of talking. I want Marie to have some time to share on this particular piece as well before we move on. Um, I'm just super glad that we're talking about this because I do um, help people a lot with writing their vows and um, and so those those old words aren't there. It's more about the honoring of the love and and um, being with each other. And like you said, choosing each other's happiness. Um, let's see. I, the self-love is the most important part. And, and that's very controversial because a lot of times people think self-love is conceited or it's just selfish and it's just thinking about you but when I honor and love myself I'm able to give more and I'm able to be present more and I really truly want what's best for my partner as well and it's very selfless 
to have them honor themselves and their choices as well as mine. And we, we, of course, it's much better together, but if at any point, and even Joe and I talk about this a lot, if at any point where we both are so unhappy and miserable, it, it, we're just dragging a dead body with us, right? Dragging someone along with us instead of enjoying the nourishing, flourishing, honoring part of us being together. It doesn't mean I'm, we're not going to work on things or work through challenges. And so, you know, I really want to talk about that some too. Is it, It's just saying I honor I honor what you choose and I honor what I choose, but I honor what I choose um, even over and above doesn't mean I'm not considering what you're thinking about or, or what your choices are. Um, so yeah, just, that's kind of my thing on it. It's just, it's whatever's most, um, honoring for both of us. And it's a mutual thing. And the other thing that you said about, um, and maybe it's not this marriage, maybe it's another kind of relationship. Um, that was very intriguing thought to me, uh, that I have not, you know, chewed on very much, but I, I think that's a great way to say it. Maybe this is not the kind of relationship that we need. Um, so anyway, I just thought that was a great um, point that you made there. Yeah. So for me, what really shifted in my, my idea of commitments is, um, I realized that by committing um, or making the commitment I did to my marriage, I was actually placing my loyalty to the marriage above my loyalty to myself and above my loyalty to my own health. And, um, and that became a really apparent, very big concern to me. Um, so today I, I practice and I very loudly preach uh, self-loyalty, right? Because I don't believe you can have a healthy relationship without two healthy people. And being healthy requires loyalty to yourself, loyalty to your values, loyalty to your standards. And so what I found myself doing was um, I, I betrayed myself over and over. Um, how did I do that? By um, allowing verbal abuse to happen, by allowing financial abuse to happen, sexual coercion. Um, there were a lot of aspects in my relationship that I allowed to continue because I had already chosen in my mind that no matter what happened, I would not leave. So if I had already chosen that it was a non-negotiable for me to ever leave, then that meant all of my values and standards were negotiable. Exactly. And that meant um, my own health and safety and loyalty to myself was negotiable. So it was really rewiring this idea of loyalty, like the what is the purpose of a relationship? Well, it changed for me um, before, just like uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had a question, or not a question, but we had um, a statement someone made that healthy relationships are two people who don't give up on each other. Well, this comes from a very um, old paradigm that says the relationship is the priority, right? Nothing else matters more than the relationship staying together. Well, that means a lot of other things are up for uh, up for grabs, right? They're, they can 
um, being not important. So the, the health of the two um, individuals is not important or is not as important as the health of the relationship. And so having lived that and having, you know, that being my priority for a long time, I realized the cost was really the health of the two individuals. And that prompted me to identify the purpose of a relationship. And I really believe that the purpose of a relationship is to empower and enhance both individuals. And if both individuals are not being empowered and enhanced by the relationship, we get to question how the relationship gets to adapt instead of the other way around because what I had been doing was molding myself and adapting myself no matter what for the health of the relationship. So this is a big paradigm in commitments that we really get to shift. My commitment is to me first and I want nothing more than my partner to be committed to himself or herself more than they're committed to me. Marie, do you want to add to that? Oh my goodness. It's so juicy and wonderful. I just, I love the, the juxtaposition or turning that back around or flipping that, not juxtaposition, but just flipping that back around is because when I come into that relationship healthy, that's where my focus is and how do I stay healthy? And, um, and then I'm working alongside my partner for that to be a mutual, we're both being being supportive of each other's health. Um, whereas where you see, because I've been in fail, a lot of failed relationships, and you see both parties just struggling to stay healthy, whether it's mentally or physically, or I mean, just all the things, and, and we're just dragging each other down instead of lifting each other up. And so just flipping that around, thinking about the health of both of us, makes us focus on what is best for us versus um, holding on tightly, so tightly to this relationship that we both, we are both miserable. And, mm-hmm. and then we can never be happy because I've seen people married for 30 years and they were not happy. And I go, I'm pretty sure, and, and as a reverend, I'm saying this, I'm pretty sure God did not um, want us to be in these relationships to be unhappy and, and he wants us to live a life of um he she wants us wants us to live a life of fullness and richness and that's why they've given us this playground not to not to drag us into you know i guess i got a little excited about that but, but mostly <laughs> it's just um going back to your original thing of what is the purpose of this relationship we've been given these um, amazing relationships or we are we enter these relationships to be fulfilled and flourished and nourished and not to you know not to just drag back to that body that we're dragging we don't want need to drag a body yeah exactly and I I really believe that without two people that are committed to themselves first you can't really have a relationship that is flourishing and it's kind of a paradox because um, you know I have found the more that I hold on to relationships like this instead of like this 
and they're free they're free to leave and I guess for those of you listening to audio only <laughs> um, open-handed like holding on to relationships yeah. open-handed instead of with a clenched fist um, when they're they're free to leave they have choice that's when true love is there true love is always birthed out of choice not out of obligation so if I am holding on tightly to a relationship and you have to be here and you committed, you promised, you know, that is actually going to breed more resentment and feelings of wanting to run away than if I were to hold that relationships, uh, relationship with open hands and, and their freedom to leave. Um, I want to share an example. Some of you may, uh, may resonate, may not. Um, I am a huge Outlander fan. And um, in that show, um, there's a really great example of um, exactly what we're talking about today. So um, just a, a really quick um, summary. Basically, uh, there's a woman that gets married in a different timeline. She goes 200 years back. She gets married to a man they fall really deeply in love. And then he discovers that she's actually married in the future. She, she came um, uh, against her will. She didn't realize she was going back in history. And um, she's been doing everything she can desperately to get back to her, her future life with her husband that she's already married to. And after finding that, he takes her immediately. He takes her to the place where she can return to her other husband. Mind you, he is madly in love with her. Um, it's, it's heartbreaking. I actually bawled through the whole episode. It was just um, an, an amazing scene. So touching. It yeah. was very touching because it was all about choice. He did not hold on to her. He said, um, you're free to go. You've been, you know, searching. I, you know, I had no idea that this was happening. And you're free to go, go, you know, pursue what you wanted. And um, so he leaves her uh, stones where, you know, she was uh, yeah. going back through the stones, right? So he leaves her there and he, he goes back to his home. He sets up camp and it's her choice. She, she sits there deciding what to do. She's been waiting for forever to go back home, right? And she decides that's not what she wants. She wants to stay. And she goes back to him and um, it was such a touching scene because there wasn't any ownership. There wasn't any force or manipulation. It was complete choice. Um, he said to her, um, I don't care how much I love you and I want you, but you're free to pursue what you want. And that actually comes up multiple times in that show where he um, he says, you know, you're free to do whatever you want um, if you don't want to stay. And that's something that I, I think is missing from a lot of relationships because there's a lot of coercion and manipulation and um, it's it comes from insecurity, right? Um, because we're so afraid of not being chosen. We're so afraid of um, our own you know, fears of being unlovable. And um, it was just such a beautiful scene to be able to put himself away and his own desires away um, for her. Basically what we're talking about, um, he wanted her to be committed to herself more, 
Uh, he wanted her to love herself more, whatever she chose. And um, so that's so beautiful. In I mean, like, so that's touching for me, and um, in the ways that because when she does return, or when she did return, she's fully present and she's fully there with him and for him and and um because she had chosen herself in that situation right and she really thought about what she wanted and so she's fully there and that's that mutual um mutual honoring of each other right in that moment uh, so I, I don't know i just wanted to share how how more fully present she is because she did make that choice herself and she didn't come out of obligation or come out of um i don't i can't think it was of choice it was choice it was yeah. choice and love has to be choice it cannot be manipulation or uh, it cannot be obligation. That is not true love. And and I remember talking with Carter. You know, we had a long conversation after that episode, and I've got my tissue box, and <laughs> it just was. <laughs> um, I'm sure he was like, "Man, <laughs> um, really funny how it it really hit a note nerve for me." But you know, we discussed that um, their relationship was so much deeper because of that experience, because she was given the choice. You know, it would not have been the same if he had just ignored the fact that, you know, oh, well, you came from history, you know, or came from the future and now we're in love, so, you know, you'll just have to get over that. That wasn't his attitude. Um, he didn't dismiss her. So... Well, and one more thing about that, mostly because... Um, just think if she hadn't have chosen him, right? Just say she wanted to go back to their original husband. Her relationship with him would still be deeper because think of how much honor and respect she has for him to let her go. And that maintains that the beauty and intimacy of the friendship they already had. And so whatever choice she made because he honored her in that moment was honoring for both of them if if that makes sense what I'm saying is that either choice she made because he he freely gave her was just um, so sweet for him and honoring of him in that relationship just imagine like when you hold on to an animal or a child and you try to force them to stay you know and they just do all this pushing and, and just so much um angst and and no peace in that but just anyway i wanted to celebrate whatever her choice was was very honoring absolutely and i think that really touches on um the a huge concept in commitment is manufactured feelings or manufactured love just it, it doesn't do the same right it's just it's never going to be the same as Feels someone <laughs> yeah as someone choosing into a relationship and i think as women especially we've experienced feeling forced to stay in a relationship or to get into a relationship and and men have too um i i would even say i've manipulated I, I have manipulated in relationships before for people to yeah. stay with me because I had a really fucked up view of commitment. And so 
without and fear. Yeah, and fear I that. Yeah. I needed to heal that in me before I could have healthy commitments, before I could have that view where I don't own this person. And if I can't have them in a way that they choose me, I don't want them at all. Yeah. And if I'm with a partner who wants me to choose them out of obligation, even if I don't want to be there, that isn't the kind of partner that I want to be with. That isn't true love. That's manipulation. That's selfishness. So well, back to that. If it's not a hell yes, then it's a hell no, right? <laughs> yeah, and I don't want to be in a relationship with someone who, you know, I'm not a hell yes, or that they would want me to be in a relationship even though they're not a hell yes for me. Like that, that gets to be a part of of the relationship and a, and a top priority. Um, so anyway, that that piece is really important. That it is by choice, it is not manufactured in any way. It is not obligation in any way. Um, I do also want to talk about the Till Death Do Us Part um, programming. And I want to say that this is a little bit of a sobering, or a lot a bit <laughs> of a sobering thing, is that um, unfortunately a lot of relationships do come to death being the, the part. So one of the pieces that I connected, one of the dots that I connected as I was doing a lot of deprogramming is I read a lot of books about domestic violence and why it happens and I was really um, puzzled and, and deconstructing a lot of things because I wanted to understand my experience. And one of the things that I discovered was this tenacity in relationships where both people weren't willing to give up on each other even though it was a really toxic and very violent relationship. And so till death do us part is kind of a death sentence um, in, in some situations where you see how toxic it is but they continue to say we love each other no matter what even if we're beating the hell out of each other. And that is not love. That is um, an unshakable loyalty that actually is very unloving because you can have loyalty that is very unloving and very dishonoring. So um, I just want to make sure that we're, we're pointing out that thought because it's such a tempting thing, right? We, we crave stability. We crave um, security. And that is something that loyalty offers us. If we know that our partner won't leave us no matter what, that maybe they're beating the shit out of us, but they're not gonna leave us. There's a certain security in that and it's still fucked up and it may cost you your life. So, um, Marie, do you have something to add to that? Just that we're so resistant to that change too or the uncertainty that um, will hold on to something that is familiar and, like you said, fucked up, <laughs> to try to, um, yeah, just to hold on to that so hard so because we are in fear or we are uncertain and it's scary. Um, and, and we lose that loyalty to ourselves. Therefore, it goes back to what we started this conversation with. It's unhealthy yeah. for all of us. It's not just unhealthy for me in this relationships because it's it's also um, it almost binds my partner into 
to be manipulative, mm-hmm. right? It binds them in this situation. Well, I can't control this and I don't know what to do. And then we, because that's how I found myself. I'm going, gosh, this is not like me. I visioned myself doing things that were uncharacteristic of myself to stay in this relationship, to be loyal. That was so unhappy, so unserving. And then go, this is just not me. So even out of the integrity of self, my own integrity, I had to let it go so that I knew that I was doing um, what was uh, most honoring to both me and to my partner. Because I I didn't want to lock them into having to hold on to me to yeah manipulate situations because they were unhappy too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can, I can relate to so much of what you've shared. Um, I do want to talk about some of the things that are healthy to commit to. We, we've talked about some of the things that are not healthy commitments. And so I want to talk about some of the things that, um, are absolutely, you know, great, great promises to make. I know for me, I can promise that I will be transparent. I can promise, yeah, I can (laughs) promise that I will be honest. I can promise um, I can promise my own self-care, which, you know, maybe offhand because of our programming that, you know, first thought, maybe that's selfish, but I think that that is actually the most loving thing that we can do for anyone. Because if I'm not taking care of myself, I really can't love anyone well. So I can, I can commit that I will take care of me. Um, I can commit that I will be true to me and true to my values. And that is love to everyone. Um, and to have the hard conversations when, when that's not happening. Yes. That's a hard promise to make. Um, but I think that's one of the most crucial promises to make is that I will, um, this came up with my grandson, you know, uh, last week. And basically it was, when I say yes, I can do that. You can guarantee that I'm saying it from my heart that yes, I will do it. You don't, you don't have to ask me again. Are you sure? Are you really, really sure? It's, it's, you, you can trust me in that, you know, our conversation last week, the trust part. You can trust that that person, that I'm in this relationship if I say that I'm in this relationship. But yeah, being willing to have those conversations, no yeah. matter how hard they are. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, promising courage that I, I will be brave. Um, and then, you know, a really big one for me is promising that I will prioritize the other person's self-care, even if that means I'm not in the picture. Yeah. And that is a very tough thing to promise but I do believe that that is the most loving thing to promise and you know I think it's it's kind of a good indicator when you know I can have the feel goods when I say I promise I'll be with you no matter what and you're gonna be with me no matter what there's like a sense of security in that and entitlement in that um, and uh, it's it's so much harder to say, uh, if things unravel to the point that I realize I'm hindering you in your life and I'm disempowering you and I'm not, I'm not a nourishing, empowering force in your life, 
then I'll get out of the way. That's a much harder promise to make than um, I will stay with you no matter what, as long as you stay with me no matter what, right? It's like this trade-off. Um, you know, it's that stuff of fairy tales, right? Those, uh, and we talked a little bit about this last week too, that forever, you know, the whole forever, happily ever after kind of thing we think is very, um, I, I think that we as little girls held on to that less and less, but I, I still see that programming often, uh, especially you know, in our older generations or, you know, gen generations of people that are my age or older, um, it, it just hold on to that happily ever after. Mm -hmm. And again, back to the fear, but just, just reminding ourselves that that's just programming just as much as anything. Mm -hmm. And it's something we want. I mean, who doesn't want a happily ever after, right? And so, but you have to really break that down um, deconstruct, as you said earlier, just deconstruct what does that happily ever after really mean? And what's the cost? That you know, I'm it's interesting because the more I've deconstructed and really um, started looking at some of this program, what, what do I want to keep? What do I want to rebuild? Um, I realized that that happily ever after that we all want we have a much better chance of achieving that if we are welcoming in freedom in our relationships and choice and saying, you know, you are free to go and I am free to go and I will stay yeah. with my choice because I want to be here today and you want to be here today and that's that's what, what love is. Um, that is, is the best chance we have at having a happily ever after um relationship is when we acknowledge that it might not be and that is the the paradox right and the chance that we're taking each relationship we are in yeah yeah um i know we're about at time there was something else i wanted to say oh yeah um i guess just in closing i i also want to say how um sneaky sometimes our our desire for commitment is and something that I realized along the way was I liked having um, unconditional commitment because it meant that I wasn't held accountable Ooh. it yeah. meant that if someone promised me that they would stay with me no matter what then it meant I could misbehave all I wanted I could be lazy, I could um, not show up for me, not show up for them. Um, it, it really just gives this huge leash to be a really shitty person, shitty version, version <laughs> of yourself. And, um, and I actually see this said frequently online where they say, she's the only one who will put up with me. Oh, yeah. Or he's the only one who will put up with me. I do hear that a lot. This is toxic. Really toxic. I don't want a partner who puts up with me. Fuck that. I want somebody who's willing to hold me accountable and say, you can do fucking better than that. And if you aren't going to love yourself to the degree that I know that you can. Um, yeah. You know, 
I, I'm not going to be patient and wait around for you to just fuck off and be a horrible person to me and to yourself and to everyone else. No, I won't wait for that. Nope, I won't be patient while you um, behave inappropriately. Nope, I value myself and you enough to, um, to hold you accountable. So this is a really big paradigm shift um, that I don't want someone to put up with me and I don't put up with partners either. Um, so I want someone who doesn't feel they're putting up with me, but actually feels that they are honored to be with me and that they're proud to be with me because of the level of integrity that I hold for myself and for everyone else. And I want my partner to be the same. So, um, Marie, do you have something to say around that? No, I just want to put a double asterisk by that. I hadn't thought of that piece before. And so I really appreciate the accountability piece and, and how um, that's, I didn't know that that's what I was doing, but I was holding that value, higher priority in that I wanted to live a life, a, live a life of integrity and being in a relationship where someone was half in or not in or, you know, so-so or, or allowed me to be not fully present or in, yeah, that that's not living a life of integrity or, or fulfillment or anything like that. So, yeah, I, I appreciate you bringing that accountability piece in. Yeah, and I think, you know, just like I had to rewire, you know, what is the what is the purpose of a relationship, right? It isn't to put yeah. up with each other. It isn't to cut each other slack. It's to be or tolerate. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, I don't want someone tolerating me. Me um, either. Some of the most <laughs> empowering words I've ever heard were, you know, uh, you're allowed to be in your pity party however long you want, or, you know, they, they're not kind words. They're, they're empowering their choice. Um, uh, freedom words. There's reminding me that I have the power to change what I'm doing and who I'm being. Um, and, and that's what I want in a partner. That's what I want in a partnership because again, I believe that the purpose of a partnership is to empower and enhance me, right? So whatever calling I'm here to do on this planet will be enhanced by my partnership not diminished by it. And there's way too many partnerships out there that are actually limiting your ability to accomplish what you're here to do. Then there are relationships that are building you up and helping you accomplish what you're here to do. Yeah, just take a look at, is it one-sided? Because I've been in those relationships where I was the only person putting all the effort and all the time and energy. And I, I didn't, I didn't look at um, if there was contribution coming back because loyalty did trap me yeah. in that situation. And so, yeah, just looking at is it a nourishing kind of relationship? Is it empowering? Is it helping you grow? Absolutely. Okay, I want to make sure that we are acknowledging yep. our commenters here. We've missed a few. Hello, Crystal. So glad yeah, I don't to see, see him on my side. Oh, you're good. Uh, this is another weird thing about the new Zoom. <laughs> Popped up a Yeah, different... we used to be able to both see them. Yeah. Um, Pauline says, yes, ancestral programming all over the place and commitment. 
uh, which makes sense if you look at uh, patriarchy. It wasn't that long ago that women were considered property. So it makes a ton of sense that marriage would be so different now than what we've come from in the pretty, you know, uh, recent past. Um, Abby says, wow, yes, put up with me. Yep, been there. I think, I don't know if any of us have not had those words <laughs> said before, right? right? Um... Colleen says, yep, truth, love this last bit, so wise, honored to be with. Yes, I want someone to be honored to be with me um, versus put up with. Yes, yes. Um, great confirmation there. Thank you guys for your input. I'm so glad you're here with us today. Um, this is just a, a massive topic that if we get this foundational piece, this changes so much of our relationships going on in the future. There's just a lot of clarity in understanding commitment because I would say it's at least, at least a weekly experience that I see women struggling with the idea that, you know, I realize this relationship is unhealthy, but I promised, right? Yeah. So, um, so we got to get our commitments right in the beginning and stop promising things that are really unhealthy to promise in the first place. So when we know better, we do better. So if we know that we've made unhealthy promises and we've made unhealthy commitments, it is okay to grow and expand and change. It is okay to go back to the person that you've made an unhealthy commitment and own that and say, I made a promise that was actually really unloving and I'm going to take back that promise and I'm going to make a, a more loving promise. This is how we undo the programming that we've been born with that hasn't always served us. Marie, anything awesome. to add to that? No, nope, that's a beautiful place to, to end. Okay, great. Um, I'm going to pull up our next topic for next week so you know what's coming next. Um, again, thank you so much for participating in this conversation. We're really glad to have you here. Love it. Yeah. Next week we are talking about non-negotiable standards. So this is going to be a great follow-up because just like we talked about um, this week, you know, either your standards are non-negotiable or your relationships are. You have to you have to pick one. So um, you have to be willing to let go of one if they are in um, in conflict. So that's going to be a really juicy, deep conversation next week. Um, you can find us every Thursday morning um, in our group Braveheart Conversations. You can find any of our past uh, podcast episodes there. You can find uh, conversations. You can ask questions there. We're on lots of different podcasting platforms you can find us on. You can email me if you have any questions. You can email either of us individually. My email is defytheaverage at gmail.com or Marie. Marie at marieschool.com. Yeah. We welcome any of your questions or comments, or uh, if you have a topic you'd like us to discuss, you're welcome to suggest that as well. Um, other than that, uh, we have a retreat coming up. If you would like to continue uh, deconstructing some of these beliefs in a much more intense way, um, Warrior Goddess Retreat is coming up in September, right around the autumn equinox. Should be a really uh, just magical experience. It's, it's going to be all about feminine energy and how we can be a fierce 
feminine goddess. And that we don't, you know, we've had a lot of programming around being soft, that uh, feminine energy has to be soft and gentle. And there's a lot of programming that's still clinging to that thought. So um, I'm really excited to unleash Warrior Goddess. The retreat is going to be phenomenal. So if you want more information, please go to JillianAurora.com slash Warrior Goddess. You can also just click on uh, signature programs on my website and you can you can find it that way as well so um with that i will leave you until next week i hope you enjoy the sunshine out there enjoy your summer um and appreciate all of the green growing things i know i will yeah see you next week bye have a good week bye It did on my side. Okay, good. <laughs> Sweet. That cool. That's good. Let me stop.